What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Unbiased Freedom Podcast, Episode 3, here with my good buddy, Thomas Brown. And we do have a special guest for, uh, with us on the show today, and I'm going to let Thomas introduce Sean. So, Thomas? What's up, everybody? So, today we've got our special guest. It's one of my best friends, known him for years and years, met him in high school, freshman year. Um, and today... Let's introduce Sean Ledford. How's it going, buddy? Hey, what's going on, guys? Not a whole lot. Just hanging out here on this uh, nice rainy morning down in Mobile, Alabama. Ah, yeah, we got beautiful blue skies up here in Nashville and middle 70s. It's pretty amazing, but you guys have had a lot of rough weather here lately. Uh, yeah, yeah, the hurricane came through and, uh, you know, we lost power for a couple days, but but uh, it wasn't too terribly unbearable. You know, just the lack of AC was the only thing that I really had to complain about. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. Well, at least you guys are all safe. You made it through. Not, you know, not a whole lot personally that affected you, which is a good thing. I know there were some people, unfortunately, that it really did affect. But Oh, definitely. Yeah, there were some areas down here that got hit pretty hard. Uh, as a matter of fact, like one of my friends down here, a uh, tree landed on his house. and. Uh, created a big hole in the roof they said he's he's not gonna be able to go back there for at least two months so it definitely oh, could man that worse. sucks well hopefully they'll get it taken care of faster and he'll be able to get back into his place no problems no doubt yeah and, and the positive maybe he'll come out with a really nice roof after yeah. the deal there you go that's one way to look at <laughs> it yeah always All right. a bright side yeah so today we have our buddy Sean here, and we are going to talk about. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Oh. T- tell us how you know Sean. Like nobody knows how you how you guys know each other. How do you, how do you guys know each other? Well, back freshman year, we started talking and hanging out, and uh, so back in the school days, huh? Oh yeah, and uh, we both had the, our long hair, you know, flippy hair back before Justin Bieber ruined it all. <laughs> Any reason for the long hair, or you just thought it looked good? I was a skater. Yeah, that, was, that was just the style for the day. You yeah. Know? That's, that's what everybody wore. <laughs> I think everybody in our friends group, except for one, had long hair. <laughs> uh, absolutely. I mean, you know, we're, we're talking we're talking early 2000s, so. Yeah. Well, I can't say you anything. You kind of got to take that. Yeah. You can't say anything because you had <laughs> long hair, too. Yeah. Well, not only did I have long hair, but someone convinced me to let them put highlights in it. So it was like super jank see i never did anything wow. like that i just had the long hair see <laughs> now i'd love to see a picture of that eventually oh we'll have to, we may have to throw that in on the like intro for the podcast <laughs> <laughs> I, I can get that to you sean no problem <laughs> that's excellent great. excellent no but yeah so we uh we you know obviously we've known each other we've been best friends for for years you know we we got into a little trouble in high school together and you know had, <laughs> you know but it was only uh, a little for the only, most yeah part, nothing you know, crazy we were pretty good kids yeah but no it's uh, he's been he's been a great friend um somebody that i can rely on through all these years um and you know i can't wait to see how the future or what the future holds for us uh, it sucks right now he moved back down to alabama so he's not as close we don't get to hang out as much but He's still he's still one of my best friends and love him to death. That's awesome, man. I'm glad we're able to do this and figure out a way to get him on here and Oh yeah. Uh, my kids call him Uncle Sean. Like that's that's how close we are. That's awesome. Yeah. That's that. So today, ladies and gentlemen, we're gonna talk about Elon Musk, SpaceX, and everything in between that he does and how it relates to the United States and what he brings to our economy, the world's economy and potential future for mankind as a whole. So, um, Sean's going to be kind of our resident expert on that. And, um, so where do you want to start, Sean? Uh, well, I mean, well, let's, let's start at the beginning. I mean, Elon Musk, uh, you know, he's obviously he's, uh, he's an incredible person. Uh, he's very ingenuitive. Um, I mean, he's, he's created a lot, but, uh, I mean, he started out in South Africa actually is where he was born. Um, his, his father was, uh, an electrical engineer. Uh, his mother was, um, 
a model. So that was, you know, very interesting dynamic there. Um, so, I mean, he kind of, he kind of grew up with money. Um, his parents divorced when he was young and he stayed with his dad instead. You know, he talked about, uh, his dad having like yachts and all sorts of stuff like that. Uh, Cessna and, and all sorts of interesting stuff. But, oh, cool. um, but he's always been, uh, he's always been, uh, very into like sci-fi and stuff like that. And that's actually sort of what, uh, what kicked off his interest in SpaceX. Um, apparently according to one of his interviews that I read about, um, but he, uh, at a very young age, um, he actually was really into computers. Um, and I, I guess, uh, while he had an IBM at one point, he got into coding and, uh, actually created like a little video game, uh, that he sold at the age of twelve, so that was that was like his first step into the entrepreneurial entrepreneurial world. Oh, that's um, so awesome! That was yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. I have heard about that video game, and apparently, if you dig deep enough, you can still find it on the internet, and you can play it to this oh, day. Absolutely, uh, I I think I can uh, I think I can send you guys the link to that. Actually, that would be um, awesome. I'll have, to, I'll have to figure out where I put it, but yeah, if you guys want to throw that up on your podcast, I'm pretty sure I can find the link to it. That would be really uh, yeah, cool. I thought, yeah, I thought I thought that was uh thought that was really interesting. Um because I mean he did that at twelve, so if that tells you anything about the guy, you know. What kind of game um, was it, do you know? You know, I am not a hundred percent sure off the top of my head. Uh I know it was a very basic game. It's like right when computer games kind of started coming out. So um, Okay. Probably I, I would have I'd have to look into that one a little more. Okay. Well I can tell you now. It was better than anything I could do today. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Back in the days on MySpace, you know, we were basically coding. So I mean, that's true. We that's true. <laughs> I was a baller on MySpace though, with the with the the right. animated backgrounds and all that stuff. Had the matrix code falling down. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Throw, you know, throwing a little HTML in there. You know, it was, it was good times. Good times. Oh yeah, for sure. Um. I remember learning how to command in DOS or, or program in DOS rather. And um, I remember doing text-based adventure games back when I was 12, 13. No graphics, of course, but it was, you know, it's a choose your character's name. You pick the character's name and then it was choose your starting point, your city. And then from there, everything just kind of um, set the storyline. And it, it, more of writing a book rather than anything else. More, more like, uh, more or less an adventure book where you choose your own adventure. But it was pretty fun, and I wish to this day I still held on to that because it was pretty crazy. But I, I don't have it. Well, it's amazing to see like how far we have just come with technology. Like to from where it was oh, to absolutely. now, like in our three lifetimes. I mean, it's not like we're old guys, and it went from <laughs> you know eight bit, sixteen bit graphics to Good Lord, we got NVIDIA graphics cards getting ready to release with 20 gigs of DDR6 memory, so it's incredible. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I remember, you know, I remember when I was really young, probably around 10 or so, you know, playing uh, playing Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego oh, um, yeah. on, my, on my dad's, like, old, old computer, uh, you know, the kind with, like, the cathode tube and all that, and... Um, and now, I mean, you got you got access to VR. That's that's amazing. Yeah, standalone VR too. Uh, that Facebook just announced the Oculus Quest Two, and uh, they're almost hitting. Uh, what did it say? Two K resolution per eye. So I mean, we're really wow. we're really getting close to being able to have photorealistic resolution in a pair of goggles that doesn't need to be tied to a PC. That's in, amazing. In order wow, to achieve that. That's incredible. And not only does it have those displays in the resolution, but it also has built-in hand tracking. So if you don't want to play with the controller, you just stick your hands out in front of you and they appear on screen virtually and you can manipulate objects in the game uh, or the world or however you want to do it. It's really cool. And I'm and for 300 <laughs> bucks. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm making a hard look at it, but I really can't justify it. My wife would kill me. <laughs> yeah, that sounds incredible. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm a single dude with no kids, so I may just have to look at that. Hey, well, let me know if you get it, because I've got the original Oculus Go, and so I could probably 
we could probably jump in a virtual chat room and and hang out. And they got some cool things you can do. I was telling uh, Thomas, you can actually hang out in whatever environment you want to with your avatars. And you guys can watch TV together. You can listen to music together. You can play video games together in virtual reality. So even though you guys may be apart, you could literally hang out in a high-rise apartment overlooking a futuristic city and watch a, a hundred inch screen, you know, and you guys can sit on the couch and just relax, talk, watch videos. It's really, really cool. And it's bringing people together in ways that when I was a kid would, I'd never thought was possible. I remember, um, chatting back in the day through AOL and, uh, it was just incredible. Yeah, no, no doubt. Yeah. So you want to tell us some more about, um, Elong's, uh, where he started and, uh, kind of his background in education and, um, Sure. Yeah. So uh, he attended um, University of Pretoria, which is where he was born and grew up um, in uh, in South Africa until he was about seventeen. Um, and then from there, he went to the Queen's University. Uh, and later on, uh, I guess he, I was told that actually right before we started this, that he uh, he immigrated to Canada, which I was not aware of before we started this um but from there i guess he went to the university of pennsylvania here in the u.s um where he graduated uh with a dual degree in physics and economics um cool i thought yeah yeah i thought that was uh that was pretty awesome physics is definitely as somebody who is currently in college physics is definitely something that's hard to wrap your mind around (laughs) at least for me i don't know some people some people are a little more gifted in the math department than i am but oh i'm i'm absolutely um, terrible at math um and yes he he uh i'm looking at it right now he moved to canada when he was 17 to attend the uh the university of pretoria oh no i'm sorry i read that wrong he moved to canada when he was 17 to attend the queen's university the queen's university sorry Um, Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, So that's where he ended up. And then he transferred to the University of Pennsylvania two years later. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes that makes sense then. Um, But I guess uh, I guess from there, he actually, you know, he he went on to California uh, in 1995 to start a Ph.D. in uh, in applied physics. And then after two days, he decided that uh, he didn't want to do that anymore. Um, so he, he quit to become an entrepreneur, uh, which is where he then, um, actually started, uh, he started a, a website called, uh, x.com, uh-huh. um, which then later, which then, uh, it, it was a, um, so x.com was supposed to be a, an electronic, uh, money service. Um, and that okay. is actually what we know today now as PayPal. Yes. Okay. I heard about that. Um, that's really, really cool. Uh, I still use PayPal today. I'm pretty sure most of us in, within earshot of my voice probably have used it or uses it today. So that's really cool. Oh, absolutely. I, uh, I mean, everybody, everybody that I know that I've talked to, um, you know, they've used PayPal at least once. If you've ever been on eBay, you've used it. So. Right. And it looks like PayPal was bought by eBay for $1.5 billion in October of 2002. So I'm assuming that's where Musk got his taste for the monies and was able to have the capital, the capital to launch these ventures that he's got, the multi, multi-businesses that he owns today. Yeah, because, you know, his wealth, I think just this last spike with Tesla, it made him the fourth richest man in the world. Incredible. Absolutely. absolutely, Yeah. Yeah, um, But I mean, as you can tell, coming from his, uh, from his background, um, you know, computers, computers is where he is, uh, is comfortable. He's, he's got no problem with code. Um, that's kind of his bread and butter, but, um, he decided to, uh, to branch out. He used that money that he got from, uh, use that money that he got from eBay and, and he started, uh, he started companies like uh, SpaceX and Tesla, the Boring Company. Um, he's also the chairman of Solar City, uh, Solar City Designs, um, and you know that's the company that designs and installs solar panels uh, on houses um, at a 
fairly affordable rate from what I was able to find. So. I still want to get solar panels for my house. Unfortunately, where we're at, we've got a lot of like hundred year old mature trees. So we're, we're within shade pretty much all the time. So they wouldn't really benefit us. Um, it would help me out because I have no trees. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it'd be huge. And I think honestly, most people would benefit from it. And of course the environment would too. So, um, Oh I, man. So, uh, 100% solar is the way of the future. That is the direction we need to be moving. Um, all the time, they're coming out with uh, better solar solar panels that are less bulky and retain more energy, um, are better at grabbing that energy from the sun all the time. I mean, See, that's, that's, that's going to be the key be because if right now they have these solar farms and they're massive and the amount of wattage you get from that versus even just a hydroelectric dam, it's it's at the moment it's not even really well. The problem, close. the main problem, is transporting this power that you're generating. Right, right. You can capture all the power you want from the middle of the Sahara Desert, but to get it to the cities where you need it, you have to have infrastructure, right? And you have to have substations, and you have to maintain it all. Well, if you can grab that power from those individual property owners that need it instead of getting it out in the middle of nowhere you don't have to transfer the power it's right there yeah. it's on your roof it's transferred to your your batteries in your house and boom you're using power cool. for free and it's like those have you seen yeah, the, um the solar panel shingles that you can get i've heard of those and those also, are really cool they've got windows that have solar panels built into them and you oh, can't wow. you can't even tell that they're solar panels but they're they're you can see right see, through them. It's incredible. You're using up already occupied space for something. So that would be a great way to... Imagine all the high-rise buildings in, in any major city of the U.S. As soon as you get above three stories tall, you're doing almost nothing but grabbing sunlight, you know? Yeah. And if you can absorb that and convert it to energy, I mean, geez, we could... Self-sustaining buildings? Self-sustaining cities. I mean, yeah. it'd be incredible. Granted... That's just yeah, one that's start to sustainability. We still got to figure out, you know, all of our vehicles and things like that. And we can get into, you know, are electric vehicles really energy efficient when you take a look at where these rare earth minerals are mined from in China right now. And it, and it takes a lot of diesel machinery and big ships to move it around to get it to where it's really useful. But I think in the future, we're going to find better cheaper, more efficient, and more renewable ways to do what we're doing today, and we're going to be in a whole lot better situation. Well, and that also leads into Elon Musk's whole philosophy. He wants to move it that way, and right now, he's the guy that's developing the technology for that. Right. Oh, yeah. He's he's, he's doing the most for it. Um, I mean, just... Just look at... Uh, I mean, look at look at Tesla. We'll, we'll start there. Look at Tesla. Uh, I mean, he's created electric vehicles um, that are that perform better than uh, some of the gas-powered vehicles out there. I mean, I've I've watched videos of some of his cars that have been you know stripped out um, to nothing but seats, and I mean they'll compete with things like uh, you know um, Mustangs and blow them out of the water. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's absolutely. all torque, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just it's it's instant. But um so I mean, you can still have you can still have a car that's actually a car, you know, that performs well and have it as an electric vehicle. Uh, you know, we're not talking about Priuses anymore or Leafs or any of that stuff. Yeah, in um, fact, and, you, you don't even see those on the road hardly anymore. You see the Priuses every once in a while, but the Nissan Leaf just I mean, it literally when everybody's lease ran out, they literally turn them back in, and you can buy them right now for about sixty five hundred bucks all day long. But the problem is, they all need new batteries. That's the problem. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, and on top of that, so you know, it's just in a couple of days they're having what they're calling Battery Day for Tesla. And what is that? So the speculation is is that they're going to be disclosing the new battery technology that they've been working on. Oh, which is. Potentially the million mile battery that they've talked about. Oh my God. If they could do that. Yeah. How amazing would that be? I would buy a Tesla in a heartbeat. I might. I want one anyway. Uh, and they're they're cool. No, yeah. but even, even, uh, even the even cooler thing about that is that uh, Elon Musk, you know, he's providing these cars at, um, 
He has a line that is extremely reasonable. You can get it for like $35,000. I don't remember which line that is off the top of my head. Uh, that's the but Model I mean, 3. Yes, yeah, the Model 3. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's out there. You can get it. Uh, you know, you, you can pay the same. I mean, that's the price of a brand new Altima. You know, you can, you can totally do that. Right. I just wish that our antiquated government would finally catch up to the times with the technology and let people freaking sleep in their car while it drives them down the interstate, you know, halfway across the country. <laughs> like, it's probably more safe statistically than letting someone drive the car themselves. Um, so, the uh, real quick, the battery day is uh, on Tuesday, September 22nd. Woo, my stocks are going to look good, baby. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I'm definitely... Uh, I'll definitely be tuning in to watch that. Yeah, so I was... I was lucky enough that when uh, Tesla did the uh, five to one split, or no, that was Apple. Tesla did a four to one four split to one. Uh, a few weeks ago, and I was able to get uh, four shares. Still cost me an arm and a leg, but I, I had to go for it. Man, it's worth it. Yeah, uh, I would definitely, definitely say that uh, that stock isn't going to go anywhere but up. Agreed. Oh yeah, I think because now the stocks are still at about four fifty a share. I think is what I saw this morning. Yeah, and uh, I I wish I would have. I have a buddy at work that bought in um, right when it decreased, uh, right when uh, coronavirus started hitting, and he bought it when it dropped to. I'm trying to remember. It was it was like four hundred dollars, and oh, then because wow. that. Get- it got, dropped way down, and then it spiked up. I got it at four twenty, so yeah. that wasn't too bad. Well, for it, all my smokers out there, well, it, it spiked up to <laughs> almost two thousand before they did the split. So okay. it it did a, a fifteen hundred dollar, you know, increase before they decided to, to split. Do the split. Wow. Yeah. And so he bought well, it. Well, I mean, then, the man's and, the man's got a degree in economics. He, he you know he knows how to work. Oh, market. he's a genius. He's literally a genius. Well, I, I thought it was interesting how he came out and said, hey, my stock is overvalued. It's overpriced. <laughs> and that's why they wanted to do the stock split. That was really cool. Of uh, And a lot of people tried to, to crap on him and say, well, he's manipulating the stock market. And because he's a shareholder, you know, he's, be, you know, manipulating people emotions and their finances in order to become wealthy. It's like, no, that's not really how that's working. He can be honest and say right. things that are legitimate. Yeah, at that point in time, they probably were overvalued. And he lost a shit ton of money, too. So, And, and another thing is every person who works for Tesla or any of his conglomerate of yeah. businesses, they have company stock. Yeah. So they're getting just as wealthy as, as anybody else. Well, so. and that was an, another criticism. A lot of people were saying he gained all of this wealth during the coronavirus, and but he took and put a pay cut on his employees, what they failed to mention was in compensation of that, he gave them even more stock. Correct. And they can choose to keep that or they can choose to sell it and cash it out just like anybody else. But the fact of the matter is they didn't have to put up their own money to acquire that wealth. And that's huge. He literally gave them free money. Absolutely. And that, you know, that's, uh, that's what I love about Elon Musk though. You know, he's, he's a forward, thinking uh kind of person he cares about people um and even beyond that he's just he's just a regular guy anybody that has ever watched um any of his interviews knows that this man is not a public speaker he just he talks like you know like we're talking right now he just yeah he's, he's just very a chill guy. i you, love that have you guys watched uh him on joe rogan's podcast I haven't watched oh, the whole course. thing, yeah. But it's pretty. It's pretty. Yeah, awesome. I've definitely seen that. It's uh, it's it's awesome. Um, it's also very funny, you know. And I'm not saying that the man doesn't have his faults. He has some ideas that are a little out there. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but you, overall, I you think, mean uh, children names is not a strong suit? <laughs> or uh, no, you know, it's not. I, Holy crap! I probably probably would not let him name my firstborn child. No. But I mean, other than that, the guy is a genius, so you can't fault him for that. Well, and he literally is. His IQ is 155, and I think they said Einstein's is like 157, 158. Wow. So he's a literal genius. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's up there, man. Um, so I, how about, how about we talk about, uh, how about we move on from Tesla for a minute and start talking about SpaceX? Yes, uh, let's do that. So, uh, 
Go ahead. I was going to say, um, so just from what I'm looking at, it, it's funny. eBay sold in October of 2002 for $1.5 and it was May of mm-hmm. 2002 um, when he founded SpaceX. So that was that's kind of, he knew what he was doing. He was, the stars aligned for him, and I think he was ready to shift into something that he really had his heart set on. Well, and what's really cool, too, he, he pretty much came in and was like, we know we're going to fail. There's a good chance that we will never get a rocket off the ground. But hey, let's try it. Yep. Oh, well, space, I mean, SpaceX is his baby. Like I, like I said uh, earlier in the, in the show, um, you know, he was, he was a huge sci-fi fan as a child. And that really drove him to, uh, to want to go, go to Mars. That's been one of his uh, lifelong dreams, apparently, uh, according to a couple interviews that I've read about him. Um, so he used that money, obviously, from pay. PayPal to uh, to bankroll SpaceX, and um, he uh, he definitely definitely had some hard times with SpaceX. SpaceX was uh, kind of a almost it was very nearly a failure um, at first. Uh, he burned through a lot of money, um, and it literally came down to one launch that had to get to space, or like his investors were going to start pulling their funds. Um, and he, he just barely got it through. So, I mean, it's, it's been a rocky start, but, uh, but now, I mean, now SpaceX is, is phenomenal. He's got a contract with NASA, you know, he's, uh, he's sending stuff to ISS, the dragon, uh, the dragon rocket that he has, for example, um, there's been 23 launches of it. Um, 22 of those were visits to ISS. Uh, and then he's been able to refly, uh, uh, that rocket nine times um so not the not the best track record in uh the refly category but uh but you know there's a there's a learning curve he's he's uh he's definitely he's definitely getting there he's making progress um but along with that dragon capsule uh you know it's it's the first uh it's the first private spacecraft ever taking this to space and um, it's actually uh, the only spacecraft capable of returning a significant amount of cargo to the Earth. That's incredible. Well, and then also, so before, um, well, now obviously they have it's where they sent up the first two astronauts, astronauts also. Yeah. So before SpaceX started doing it, we were using Russian rockets. Yeah. At a cost of eighty-eight million per seat. Yeah, nothing like sending a big fat check to your yeah, mortal enemies. Right. So now with SpaceX, we are, it's still a lot. It's 55 million per seat, but that's still a significant savings. Plus, we're launching and using American made rockets and we're doing it from U.S. Going soil. To America. Exactly. It goes back into the economy. Right. It goes back to creating jobs. It goes back every time Musk goes and buys stuff. It goes into the, that money changes hands to somebody else, and they get wealthier for it. Yep. And so with that that much not money, to that mention bringing, all, yeah, go ahead. Uh, not not to mention all the people that he is employing to build these things. I mean, you got to have laborers right. that build it. You got to have people to weld the heat shields. Um, you know, you got fab, the fabrication process. Uh, you got all the code that you have to write for the computers. Um, you have the scientists that you have to employ to plan everything out, you know, from ground to space, how to get back. And, you know, it's just, the man has done a lot for the economy. We can definitely yeah, just say Just SpaceX alone, they have over 8,000 employees. Wow. And what's really cool is, you know, if you think about what NASA was and how difficult it is to actually get a government job in aerospace or technology, like now you've got all these graduates from college that can go and actually get a job in an industry that is booming and isn't slowing down. And before you were literally relying on the government and government funding, whether or not you were going to have a job this year or you're getting laid off next year. Now there's no question you're going to be employed. You're going to be valuable. And we're not stealing anybody's money in order to, to pay you. People are, are, you know what I'm saying? So this is really cool. Well, and I was also, I was curious, so I just looked it up. So Elon Musk employs in total over 45,000 people. Wow. Across And all- those are high paying jobs too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. There's, 
there's a lot that goes into space flight. It, I mean, not, not just your average. It's not something that your average person can do for sure. Uh, but then again, you know, we've already established that Elon Musk is not your average person. Right. Right. Um, so aside from SpaceX, what else has he got that he's dabbling in here lately? Uh, well, um, I know for sure that, uh, you know, one of the other companies I talked about earlier mentioned, I should say, is a boring company. Um, Isn't that the company where they made the flamethrower or not the flamethrower or whatever it's called? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's exactly what it is. He he produced he produced a flamethrower, but (laughs) that's one of the more novelty items. Um, The boring company is actually not boring whatsoever. Uh, It's actually it's actually very, very cool. one of the things they're doing is uh, the—I forget what it's called. It's like the super speed rail underneath uh, the underground. The hyperloop. Yes, yes. Thank you. The hyperloop. Um, that's one of the things that he's—he's he's, uh, involved in, and I think they are fairly close to breaking ground on that um, out in Las Vegas. I know they've got a test track in Texas, and they invited uh, quite a few different universities to come and develop the. Basically, the the rail cars that we're going to be riding on on that, and then they put test dummies in them to see uh, to measure, you know, the effects of these high speeds on people over large amounts of time, and then also comfort. You know, you want to space the seats out properly. We don't want to only have you know thirty two inches of width like you do in your Southwest airplanes. <laughs> like they want this to be a luxury <laughs> expense. Uh, a, a luxury experience, but they also want you to be able to travel faster and safer. And I, I can only imagine how, how this is going to help the planet. I mean, most of our carbon emissions right now, honestly, a majority of them are from commercial airline flights. So if we can cut that down tenfold and put move more people faster, safer, on the ground, in a hyperloop, without tearing down trees, because like Sean's already said, he's partnering with these other third-party companies like Hyperloop and Hyperloop X, I believe is the name of one of them. There's a couple of different companies, but they want to put it underground using the boring company's technology in order to create these super highways under the ground that connect all these major cities across the, the country. So I know right now they're looking at a track that wants to they want to connect um houston and dallas right now that's a four four and a half hour drive and i've done it many times and they want to do that in under an hour they're talking 50 minutes or less that's incredible and you you would spend 50 minutes just going through security in an airport and getting to your gate and waiting for your plane and you're already there so to me of all the things that's coming out here in the near future the thing that gets me most excited is hyperloop because then you can live in Alabama, Sean, and you could come up to Nashville on a Hyperloop trip that could take you 30 minutes and you're here. Boom. I mean, it's going to connect Absolutely the world. Spend the day. Yeah, it's going to connect the world like we've never seen. It's almost the equivalent of like teleportation. It's it just, it's so cool. It blows my mind and I'm super excited. But for do that. you think that it's actually feasible to do all these tunnels and stuff, digging through the earth and, and you know, I, I feel like that would be awesome, but at the end of the day, how feasible is it? I mean, let's be honest. The, the federal government has huge underground highways that connect military bases that they built during the Cold War, and these are proven. We've got entire cities of government compounds in uh, Colorado where NORADS currently sits, and they're watching all international and, and um uh, inter, you know, continental ballistic missiles, and they can see everything happening all over the world. And these, they've had these tunnels for, I mean, God, 50 years now, if not more. And we know that other countries are doing similar things. You can look at China, you can look at Russia. I mean, China's literally creating islands where there were none uh, in order to, I mean, it's crazy. It does sound crazy to try to create this big machine and then bore a giant tunnel but these tunnels with the hyperloops don't have to be that big really they really don't that's one of the benefits to them if you can get four cars wide in them they don't have to be that giant and another thing is is they're not they're not saying that they want to have the ability to see out the windows they're talking about putting huge oled screens so as you're traveling underground you might see that you're above ground but in reality you're not it's pretty wild stuff Sounds like science fiction. Well, and I mean, 
if you look at it, we've already basically done a, a worse version of this idea with the subway. Right. Yeah. And, so, and, uh, I mean, I totally, totally think it's feasible. Um, and it would be great. You know, that would open up a lot of options. Like, for example, you know, like Ian said, you know, I could, I could live here and, uh, here in Alabama and, you know, want to go to Tennessee. Or yeah, you could work and, in and Nashville. Yeah, <laughs> you can right. literally that's, work that's in Nashville. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, you know, take take a job in Tennessee and and live here in Alabama. It's uh, it it opens up a lot of possibilities. It would be really uh, really just an awesome thing if they get that up off the ground and uh, get the funding for it. So, real quick, for those who don't know, Hyperloop is a proposed um, mode of passenger and freight transportation first used to describe the open source back train design released by a joint team from Tesla and SpaceX. Hyperloop is a sealed tube or a system of tubes with a low air pressure through which a pod may travel suspend, uh, substantially free of air resistance or friction. So the idea is when you go to your bank and you pop that little pod out and you put your card and, and a, or a check that you want to deposit in there and it sucks it through the tube back into the building, that's essentially what Hyperloop is. That's the whole concept. That's the whole idea. Only we're scaling that up tenfold and we're putting people in them. Well, that's pretty awesome. Right. Yeah. It's so and cool. And I mean, you know, it's going to be just as safe as a train too. Well, you know. and, and safer because there's way less moving parts and there's almost no maintenance that has to be done. So, so is it more like a magnetic nope. system or is it just a straight up vacuum? It's, it's a vacuum. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Right. It's yep. super cool. So there's literally no moving parts. It's just air. Right. The idea behind it is uh, the idea behind it is that if you if you're moving in a vacuum, um, there's less drag uh, because you don't have you're not the air isn't causing drag, so you could move faster. That's kind of the idea behind it. Yeah, and they're saying they can carry passengers at the speed of 760 miles per hour. Holy crap! And so um, the one of the first proposals was to connect Los Angeles to the San Francisco Bay Area um, following the Interstate 5 corridor. And so they're saying they'll be able to do that in 35 minutes if you can ride the Hyperloop at 760 miles per hour. That's freaking incredible. That would be sweet. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. So, so yeah, that's, um, that's, that's kind of the big thing that the Boring Company is doing. Uh, I mean, they've got, they've got a little... A lot of other small things. One of them, obviously, being the flamethrower that they're famous for, uh, which does cost an arm and a leg. By the way, if you were wondering, I uh, was so, wondering. Uh, yeah, for thank sure. you. Not <laughs> not a practical <laughs> investment. The same. Um, but yeah, so I mean, that's that's kind of that's kind of where he's at with the boring company. Um, I mean, he he's just like I said, he's uh, he's really an innovative kind of guy. He's he's. Uh, Obviously, you know, he, his whole dream is to get to Mars and uh, and build a city there, um, a colony that uh, that we can use. Um, but he's also he's also trying to take care of some problems here on Earth. So. So speaking of Mars, what do you think is the biggest thing right now that he has done that has benefited us the most to be able to actually get to Mars? uh i mean his rocket development um it's insane you know he he started out uh he started out with a with a hope and a dream um for a rocket that is uh a rapidly reusable rocket um so he kind of compares it to uh to to an airplane you know um his whole his whole idea there is that uh if you had to if every time you traveled uh on an airplane if you had to scrap that airplane and get a completely new one, that it would be uh, absolutely ridiculously expensive to fly. Uh, so his idea is to take that concept um, and apply it to rockets. Uh, you know, he wants he wants rockets that are reusable, and he's so far he's uh, he's been able to uh, he's been able to produce that. Uh, he started out with the Falcon Heavy. Uh, I'm sorry, not the Falcon Heavy, the Falcon Nine. Um, and that was kind of his, his test subject. Uh, he's launched it, uh, it's an orbital class rocket. He's launched it 92 times. 
Um, and obviously, of those 92 times, uh, there were not as many landings. Uh, he had 53. That's because that's that's kind of the one that he learned off. Um, he started out with a, what they called the grasshopper, um, which uh, which actually they they never they never lost the grasshopper. Um, they they started out with it, and uh, that was kind of their their test subject. And then they moved on to the Falcon Nine, um, and that's got. Uh, that's got nine Merlin rockets uh, that use an, uh, an aluminum, uh, aluminum lithium alloy tanks. Uh, aluminum. Contain, aluminum. Yeah. yeah, that's how he pronounces it. <laughs> aluminum. <laughs> Sorry. An aluminum lithium uh, alloy tank containing uh, liquid oxygen and rocky red kerosene. Um, and that actually is kind of important because the, uh, the amount of liquid oxygen that they use in the fuel for the rockets that they use uh, is about three times what everybody else is using. Uh, so it's actually considerably cheaper. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's kind of, that's kind of where he started and, um, he managed, he's been able to, uh, refly the Falcon nine, uh, rockets 38 times. Uh, so that's, I mean, that's, that's a pretty good track record. If you think that, think about it. Um, yeah, as far as space flight goes, that's, yeah, that's amazing. So, yeah, I mean, considering nobody's ever done it before. So I know that he they're working on the the Dragon Heavy, which is supposed to be the most capable rocket as far as payload wise, like it's supposed to be able to carry the most amount of weight. That's the one they're wanting to send to Mars, right? It is. So uh, that is that's actually the Starship is what you're thinking of. Oh, is oh, it? Okay. okay. So I'll, I got them mixed yeah. up then. That the Starship was in, initially called the BFG, right? Yep. Yeah. Or, originally, that's what it was called, and uh, obviously for BFG or BFR, <laughs> right? Big fucking uh, rocket. Is that what they called it? Yeah. B- yeah. Yeah. BFR. <laughs> BFR. That's obviously, okay, yeah. for marketing purposes, they had to uh, <laughs> reshop that name. <laughs> Why? I think it's an appropriate name. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> Could you imagine that in the history books? The big fucking rocket took the first. <laughs> right. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe not appropriate for kids. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's so, awesome. Uh, but yeah, they are they are absolutely one hundred working one hundred percent working on the Starship. That is what is supposed to carry us to Mars. Um, so the I one actually, I was speaking about, I guess, is just for payload, getting stuff up to like the ISS and stuff like that. Correct. Yeah, okay. the Dragon is the Dragon is what he's using in his contract with NASA um, to take supplies and astronauts to the ISS. Gotcha. Yeah, uh, and they've they've actually made twenty two visits already to the ISS. So I think that's I think that's pretty awesome. That that's great. But um, but yeah, as far as the Starship goes, uh, I actually watched a video today um, on the progress of that, and they're talking about. Uh, I mean, they're talking about it being one hundred and twenty tons dry weight. Um, Good God. Which is, <laughs> massive yeah it's extremely heavy yeah but that is a big uh, fucking rocket <laughs> no doubt no doubt about that uh thank you Ian. i was will... taking a drink of water when you i know, did that. I, know. <laughs> I wanted to hear you spray it all over the mic <laughs> but for you know for for a for a rocket that's got 120 tons of dry weight um it can actually carry 150 tons of payload which is wow incredible um, that's one of the problems you have with the the rockets when you're carrying cargo into space. It's the more weight you have, the more fuel you have, and so you keep. And the more fuel you have, the more weight you have. So you're always like trying to balance that. Where is where it's most efficient, and where it becomes so heavy that it's not efficient and it doesn't make sense to keep yeah. scaling. So they would almost have to, and I think I've read something about this. They would almost have to launch into low Earth Earth orbits. And lower, then lower bring, Earth orbit. I know low <laughs> Earth orbit, and then turn around and bring like tankers also, and then refuel to be able to take off to get to Mars. Yeah, I've heard at that this they, point they that's how they use, would have to do um, uh, moon base as a launching point to actually go to Mars. See, that would be cool. So, yeah, that's um, that's actually uh, that actually is the plan currently. Uh, what Thomas said was to to refuel the rockets once they get into low earth orbit um and then kind of go from there 
but I know that they do plan on sending um, uh, a gentleman by the name of Yasuka. I'm probably going to butcher this Miyazawa uh, and around six to eight artists. Uh, they plan on sending them around the moon in 2022. Nice. Okay. Now that is the guy who is the Chinese billionaire that is helping fund SpaceX. And he bought out the first commercial flight for, uh, from SpaceX for an undisclosed amount. They have not released how much he is quote unquote donated. Yeah. But that's pretty awesome. I mean, if I could afford it, oh, I, I would do it in a heartbeat, but I know I can't quote unquote donate any amount that would sufficiently. Oh yeah. No, you know, <laughs> not, not even close. Nowhere, dear. I mean, it's 55 million <laughs> no. per seat to get up to the ISS. How much do you think it's going to take to get around the moon? I don't know, but I'll tell you what, <laughs> a couple hundred bucks that I could put forward is not going to do it. But I tell you what, that would literally be the ride of a lifetime to oh, go yeah. around the moon. And, and, oh, yeah. just I'm I'm, I'm, sure. that would be I'm amazing. Sure we could pool. I'm pretty sure the three of us could pool about 10 years worth of savings and still not hit the park. Yeah, oh, we, could, uh-uh. we could probably send like maybe like, I don't know, an arm or a leg of ours. <laughs> yeah, just so right. we can say it was there and then maybe see if we could get, uh, Neuralink to reattach it and get, yeah. <laughs> regain our brain function. Well, hey, that's another thing that he's working on is Neuralink. I know you like that segue. I like it. I you like yeah. it. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. So Neuralink is uh, a nanotechnology company founded by Elon Musk, and uh, he, it was actually started in 2016, but wasn't publicly reported on until 2017. Mm. The idea of it is um, to right now the focus is to honestly help people who have had um, lost the ability to walk or use their arms due to an accident. And so he wants to be able to use a computer to make connections directly to your extremities to bypass spinal injuries. That's crazy. So he wants to be able to help people regain the ability to walk or, you know, use an arm. Or um, the other flip side of that is we can have uh, mechanical arms and allow the brain to control those. with a a real-life winter soldier. Yeah, with a direct connection. So that that's a that's a that's another really cool thing that they're working on. And Musk also says he wants to be one of the first people to actually have it implanted into his brain. Well, see, and that's yeah, that's the crazy thing is like not only does he have all of these ideas, but he's willing to put his money where his mouth is. He's willing to be kind of the test dummy on all this stuff, and it's that's pretty crazy. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's uh it's fifteen hundred electrodes. And um, it connects to the uh, brain, and so it's dem- they've already demonstrated in mice and in a couple other small animals that they can read. Because um, I mean, if you think about what the brain is, it's literally a computer, right? And so um, the brain's just operating with electrical signals, so on or off, and so it's a, a, essentially binary. And so if you have an, a way to decode that or recode it so that the brain can send those signals somewhere using this device, um, rewiring, bypassing the biological circuitry of the human body. I mean, it, we could really do some cyborgous crazy shit. And obviously the first step to that is to help those who have had injuries. And specifically he noted, um, soldiers coming back from wartime and things like that. And people that have had, you know, bad car accidents. And I think that's really, really cool. And just real quick, before I get off my soapbox, another thing that he he wants to do is be able to, you know, we've all watched The Matrix, and if you haven't, God, please go watch it. He wants to also allow the ability to download information into your brain and or store it outside of the brain so that you can hold different information, almost like have a way to connect your brain to memory cards. It's really, really Dude, wild. if I could just click a button and all of a sudden I just learned a new language. Yes. Dude, that would be amazing. Uh, that Seeing that, that again would open up uh, many options to, to many people. Uh, I mean, that's, that's kind of an incredible thing. Well, if but, you, you know, you go traveling and you go to some off the, you you're, know, path place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you instantly download their language, and how awesome would that be? And instead of using your phone as an intermediary device between you and that person, that phone is already basically in your brain, and your brain is transferring that information straight to your vocal cords in your mouth. And so you're, you're skipping a lot of manual process, and it's incredible. I mean, 
like Sean was saying, think about the implications of this. Like if we talk about putting humanity in space, whether it be going to Mars or somewhere else, you know, we know that humans lose a lot of bone density in space. And I've watched a lot of crazy sci-fi documentaries and stuff that if humans become a spacefaring species, that we may absolutely lose the ability to have muscle mass in our legs and almost our legs would shrink and almost be useless. So we could compensate with this type of technology to either put, you know, mechanical legs or augment the legs that we have, you know, for different planets that might be more mass, that might be heavier for us. You know, it's, it's pretty cool to think about those, those implications and what could be possible. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it would have it would have a ton of applications, even here on Earth. You know, you think at, you think of it from uh, an economic perspective uh, um, of a businessman trying to close a deal with, uh, you know, another country um, with that kind of technology. You could instantly download their language, their customs, you know, everything you need uh, to to further close a deal. Uh, I mean, it's got it's got a, it's got a, a wide range of um of applications that are just astounding if uh, if he ever is able to pull it off. Yeah, I, th- I think he will. I think it's going to take a lot of time. I know there's a Russian billionaire guy. He's basically Russian's version of Elon Musk, and I can't remember his name right now. And I, it, honestly, it probably doesn't matter. But he's looking at a similar technology where um, he wants to basically make humans be you know, live as long as they, as they want. So like your physical body dies, but he wants to be able to extract the information in your brain and upload it to a robot and keep you alive. Essentially altered carbon is what you're talking about. Literally. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Except without, without the shit ratings. (laughs) Which if our viewers have not watched, I absolutely recommend it is a wonderful series. Um, They did. They canceled it. Canceled it. But it is still worth the watch. Uh, Anthony Mackie is uh, one of the stars of the show, so you know if you like uh, if you like uh, Marvel, check it out. It's he, he plays a really awesome role in it. I like the first season. I, it is rated R, just FYI. Yeah, it's not a, it is not a <laughs> kids. It's not for children. <laughs> definitely not for kids. It's. Um, I thought it was really cool. I just the second season I got super confused. I think with and. I don't know. I I didn't enjoy it as much as the first season, but it, it was a really cool concept, and I really really enjoyed having the opportunity to watch it. That's fair. Um, yeah, and they they actually have a book series too. Um, is what it's based off of. Uh, I would definitely recommend reading it. Makes for if you're if you're a reader, it makes for a very interesting read. Very cool concept. Oh yeah, I I love I love a good book, especially science fiction books. Absolutely, yeah. That's that's totally totally my genre. That's that's uh, about ninety percent of what I watch and read. So, same, same. <laughs> Can you recommend any good any good recent sci fi books in that case? Uh, any good recent sci fi books? Yeah, actually, as a matter of fact, there is one that I'm reading right now um, that is kind of a post apocalyptic type thing. Give me just a second, and I will tell you the name sure. of it. It's uh. It is by A.G. Riddle. Um, the first book in the series is called The Lost Colony. And just to give you kind of a, an idea of what's going on, um, there essentially is uh, like a global cool down going on, turning, turning everything to ice and uh, Ooh. making a lot of the planet unlivable. Um, and it's caused by this, uh, by this alien race. Um, and so they can, they kind of have to you know figure out what's going on and and uh, how to stop it, sort of the implications and all that. And they they take it a step further in the next book. I haven't gotten a third one yet, but uh, if you like uh, if you like sci fi type stuff, uh, the Lost Colony by A. G. Riddle is definitely a good one. That is awesome. I appreciate that. That sounds like something right up my alley. So I'm gonna definitely take a look into that. I w- do they have an audiobook version? Because I'm that guy. Yeah, I don't read. Uh, <laughs> we found that out last episode. I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not really sure about the audiobook. Uh, you, you might be able to find it. Well, for I uh, do. Uh, oh, go I ahead. do the Kindle. I do the Kindle Unlimited thing. Um, that's like five bucks a month, and you can download as many books as you want. Okay. Uh, and and read them. So nice. 
Well, uh, is there any other information you wanted to bring to the table about Elon Musk, SpaceX, uh, Boring Company, Neuralink, um, their solar panels, uh, battery technology, anything before we get to the end here? We're coming up on our hour. Uh, well, I would say probably just uh, probably the biggest thing that we haven't really gone over is kind of his timeline. Um, obviously, we talked about sending uh, Mr. Yasuka to the moon with some other people. Um, but he also plans on, uh, in 2022, he also plans on sending uh, uh, an unmanned cargo mission to Mars to kind of drop off supplies. Um, and then his, his ultimate goal is to get a man, manned uh, mission to Mars by 2024. Wow. Uh, yeah. And, That's and, uh, insane to think about. In four years, we may have people on Mars. That's crazy. Right. That's insane. I hope, I hope we see it in our lifetime. I really do. Oh, that would be amazing. Because even though the moon, uh, that happened back in 69, my dad remembers watching it on TV. And as a little kid, I just want to, I want to watch that on TV, man. Well, imagine the picture quality now too. It, yeah. 4K or 8K. Oh, absolutely. I mean, jeez. Uh, uh, yeah. Just get them some of those go those new GoPros or 5K. Yeah. <laughs> Strap them onto the rockets. It'll be fine. Oh, well, just like he <laughs> like probably he, okay. Yeah. yeah. Like he did with this Tesla car that he launched and yeah. and he has floating around Mars right now. Is it so I was wondering how that's going. Yeah. So there's a website you can actually go where there's amateur astronomers that are tracking it in the sky. Oh, that's awesome. Because <laughs> it, it reflects enough light from the sun so that they can track it. That's so, awesome. So they can see it. But yeah, it's still, I may have to it, look that up. It's still out there. I remember watching the camera feed on that before um, the feed lost, had didn't have enough sig signal gain to get back to Earth before it went out. But it was incredible how small Earth got. And just wow, that's cool. That's too cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've, I've actually uh, I've watched a sped. space exploration is very near and dear to my heart. It's something that's always interested me since I was a little kid. I've watched uh, I've watched a lot of a lot of missions um that they've done i've watched a lot of the time up in in the iss and uh you know honestly i think launching that car is probably one of the coolest things that i've ever seen i agree yeah. i think i the cool thing is is he did it one to test the rocket but two just to leave a historical marker in space literally well and didn't they like engrave in some part of the car like made by humans yeah, on yeah. earth like yeah. that's pretty yes, awesome did, yeah. <laughs> yeah he specified yeah, for those of you that are wondering, the reason that he did that is because uh, typically when you um, launch your first rocket into space, they send up a cement block um, just to kind of have, uh, you know, an amalgamation of, um, or they send up a space block to kind of represent a payload. Uh, and Elon Musk, he, he said, man, that's kind of boring. Uh, what else can I do? And he just decided on the car, so. Yeah, that's too cool, man. I don't blame him. I no. know. I mean, he's got the money. I mean, it's uh... <laughs> a lot of people criticized him for it, saying, "What a waste! That car could have gone to somebody who could who needed one." Or you know, it's like, see, people will say that until they're in that situation, and they're not going to be that generous. Well, oh, absolutely. Actually, I mean, the wealthy people in the United States are more generous oh, than yeah. any any group of people on the planet. Oh yeah. And the U.S. as a country is the most generous generous country on the planet, and I love that. Almost to a fault. Yes, you're you're not you're not wrong. You're not wrong because uh, we do we do in some instances get taken advantage of because of that because we yeah. always have and we always will, and so people just you know sure yeah we need something over here. Right. Absolutely. It's not it's not the US's job to provide for the world. Well, um I think we're ready to switch gears to the good news story of the day which goes along with earth and humanity and the future of mankind as a whole. So I thought this was a really interesting story and I'm pulling this from the goodnewsnetwork.org. And so uh, I'm going to just go ahead and start here. It's a, uh, a group of U.S. Senate Republicans have authored an amendment to an energy and manufacturing bill that would launch a, trans a transition away from hydrofluorocarbons, HFCs, for, for those who uh, get tongue-twisted uh, tongue like me. <laughs> <laughs> it's a classic chemical refrigerant that is considered a potent greenhouse gas. I just blew everybody's fucking mind. So a group of Senate Republicans just put forth a bill to ban... They hate the environment, though. They don't believe in science. 
They introduced the Senate Environment and Public Works Committee chairman from Wyoming, a ranking Democrat from Delaware, and a uh, senator from Louisiana. The language amends the American Innovation and Manufacturing Act of 2019 to require the reduction of production and consumption of HFCs by 30% every four years until 2036. HFCs are used in home and office air conditioners across the countries, and they produce a greenhouse gas effect many hundreds of times stronger than CO2, which has always been my argument that CO2 is a bullshit greenhouse gas because right. it's what it's plant food <laughs> and it's what we exhale. So, I mean, Jesus. Right. Anyway, enough enough <laughs> yeah. of that from my perspective. While they were originally no, created, no, go go ahead, go ahead, Sean. Oh, I was just going to say that's great news. Maybe it's an indication that we're starting to, uh, you know, move in the right direction here. Agreed. Agreed. While they were originally created to replace another chemical coolant that was found to deplete the ozone layer, they've now been singled out as a powerful driver of the climate crisis. So I thought that was really interesting. um, That uh, is, you know, a bilateral agreement between Republicans and Democrats under a Trump administration that this got passed. So um, everybody's screaming and hollering that we're, you know, we're all going to die and we're burning the planet down. Just be mindful that reality is different than your perspective. Uh, perspective. So things are happening. Things are moving in the right direction. And let's just hope that they continue to do so. Yeah, because, I mean, at the end of the day, we all live here. We all, you know, we all love this planet. I mean, we don't have another one at the moment. You know, we may in the future. Yeah. Elon Musk, let's get it going, buddy. Yep. Earth, Earth yeah, 2.0. <laughs> but, uh, you know, like, so at the end of the day, you know, obviously everybody's going to want what's best. And it, it just kills me when people let party lines get in the way of common sense. Everybody wants the same end goal. Like, oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. We need to, we need to quit looking at each other as enemies and look at each other as Americans and well, people, people. Yeah. Just as, as uh, as residents of this little blue planet, yeah, like, that we're traveling around absolutely. the sun. Yep, absolutely. We, what's good for the Earth is good for everybody. Heck yeah, that's for sure. And what's good for everybody is good for me. <laughs> <laughs> that was lame. <laughs> you laughed, you dumbass. I did, I did, but it was still lame. <laughs> oh man. Well, Sean, we really appreciate you doing this, man. And uh, sorry for being late, man. Uh, some stuff came up this morning. And my dad, shout out to my dad. He saved this podcast for today because I didn't have the cable necessary in order to capture the audio straight from the phone and get it to my mixer. So we really appreciate it. Yeah, because this, this, me and Ian are in the same room in Tennessee. And our buddy Sean is down in Alabama. And so for us, this was our first, uh, hopefully of many more where we can have guests on because we, I really enjoyed having this other dynamic, uh, and talking about a subject that I wasn't totally familiar with and being able to ask some questions and having a good, you know, good guest to help even it out. Yeah. Spark some ideas. And Sean, anytime you want to come back, man, we, we would love to have you as a regular. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, because I am completely into science fiction and oh, yeah. space and technology. I'm I all mean, about it. That's my thing. So I want to do a UFOs podcast at some point for sure. I'm still, I'm telling you, I'm still down oh, for that. Oh, that would be so fun. All right. Well, we'll, we'll have you back then. We'll have you back for the UFO podcast. Yeah, let's plan it. Let's make sure that happens. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, I, you know, guys, I appreciate you guys having me. Um, it's been a lot of fun. You know, I got to talk about something that I'm, very passionate about so it's uh it's always nice to have that kind of outlet so i really appreciate you guys inviting me of yeah. course man yeah we can we can tell it shows it shows man and you're more articulate than me so that helps <laughs> <laughs> well you know public speaking has never been my thing but it's a lot easier to do when you're not actually in front of the crowd i mean that's true yes that's very true yep for sure. That may change if we try to do this in a video production. So I, I still think it would be cool because I use my hands a lot when I talk. And I think that helps kind of express my emotions. And uh, I think it would give a, a little bit more of an insight as to us as individuals as well. Yeah, you're Italian, right? No. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> uh, no, have you, have you looked at his mustache? That clearly hints at his Hispanic background. <laughs> American Indian, thank you very much, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
Well, thanks for hanging out with us, ladies and gentlemen. We will catch you on the next one. Until then, stay safe, stay healthy, and have a good evening. We love you guys. Thanks, guys.